Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. This is the Character and Smallman Podcast on 101 ESPN. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Character and Smallman on 101 ESPN at 7 o'clock. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Michelle Smallman, as you know, I live very close to our studios here at 101 ESPN, about five minutes away. And this morning when I got into my car, it was not raining. By the time I walked into the studio, it was dark and pouring. And now as I look out, overlooking uh, uh, Jaguar and uh, is it Jaguar and Land Rover? It's, it's Plaza. Plaza. Yeah. yeah. My, I, I, yeah, I, I, I used to do them. Yeah. Shout out Gary and everyone at Plaza Land Rover Absolutely. Jaguar. But anyway, as we look across the street, it doesn't appear to be raining anymore. It's just weird St. Louis weather this morning. I can't tell if it's raining or not because we're looking out at this big set of glass windows and there's rain droplets all over the window. So from where I'm sitting, it looks like it's raining, which is also deceptive. Okay. Well, it's you're closer way, to the window. Either than way, I am. the weather ain't great in St. Louis, as you know. We just thought we'd start the morning that way. It's. It was so hot over the weekend. It was. It's just. You knew that the rain was coming at some point. You. You know. You've lived here your whole life. You know what's happening. I'm a guy who loves hot weather, but when I get outside and it starts to burn my skin, I don't like it that much. <laughs> so summer. <laughs> exactly. We got quite a show coming up. Our friend Greg Amzinger, MLB Network, will join us at the bottom of this hour. John Kelly will join us in the Blues booth at eight. 15 and then at 9.30 former Cubs third baseman Kevin Ory is going to talk about long gone summer he was a member of the Cubs back in 1998 and uh, he was replaced by a previous guest of ours Gary Gaetti but Kevin Ory will join us coming up in the 9 o'clock hour here on 101 ESPN as we closed out the show yesterday, Michelle, Carl Ravitch had reported that Major League Baseball had offered a new deal to the players, which included 76 games at 75% of their prorated pay. What I find interesting, and Mike Axissa of CBS Sports did the math, the initial proposal by MLB owners, 82 games at a sliding scale, offered the players 33% of their annual salary. 50 games at full prorated pay offered players 33% of their overall salary. And 76 games at 75% of their prorated pay offered them 33% of their overall salary. I mentioned last week that it seems like the owners have a number in mind that they just have to tell the players, look, this is what we have. This is what you're going to get. Figure out how many games you want to play, and you're going to get 33% of what you would have gotten this year. Don't you think that's what they're telling them by yeah. presenting them with the same deal in different language over and over and over again? And I don't know whether to be frustrated with the owners for giving new deals with the same language every time because that's not productive. You know that the players are not going to accept that or, or they're seemingly not going to accept that. But you're you're it's almost insulting at this point, I think, if you're going to continuously give them the same thing in different language and assume that they can't do the math or that they're not smart enough to see that you're just wording it mm-hmm. differently. Um, or if I'm mad at the players who don't realize that the owners are not budging and that they're not going to concede something else. But either way, it's like, what are we doing here, guys? Come on. Exactly. And this is the owners being obtuse. I, I think that's a w- good word yeah. for this. Yeah. Jeff Passon of Geometry. ESPN. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. The obtuse triangle, right? right. 
Yeah. What's the, I what's the skinnier one? I remember. I remember. You have obtuse. a right triangle. Obtuse is bigger, right? That's correct. What's yeah, bigger the skinny bottom one? to the triangle. Geometry is still math, so yeah, everyone is. who's is rolling your eyes at this, we don't, we don't do math. their word equal? Hold on. Equilateral, perhaps? Acute. 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 Yes, acute. well done. It is a cute one, that's Somebody's right. Somebody's closer to their school days than we are, that's Colin. Well, and by the way, I googled small triangle and acute did not come up. Okay. Well, that's cute. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what uh, Mo was saying. Mo's a smart guy. Yes, yes. Anyway, the owners are going to pay a certain amount of dollars to the players this year. And this is something that Jeff Passon says will lead to, for better or worse, for bad or short, for no asterisk or asterisk, it's going to lead to baseball being played legally. Words from a high-ranking official today that were uttered to me, there will be baseball if it happens though in the absence of a deal between the sides it could be in the form of a 48 game season which mlb has the ability to implement without the consent of the players at that point the players would just show up play the game file a grievance for the fact that mlb did not play a full season and this thing would be fought out behind closed doors players would not be happy but they would be getting their per game salary that they would have gotten had we started games in late March. Also, I don't think this would be fought behind closed doors because as we've seen, none of this is staying behind closed doors. Yeah, somebody would leak it, right? Somebody if you, would if you leak go to something. An arbitration and file a, a grievance, although you would think that if you have a, an arbitration panel or one arbitrator and something got leaked, he might get pretty angry about it and yell at him. This feels like if your mom and dad got divorced and they were trying to mediate all the assets and then you were told that you're going to have to go to court and essentially pick a side where you're just like i'm annoyed with both of you guys that's what you have to say can is, i just go live with uncle randy <laughs> you guys are I, both I'm, terrible I'm a fun uncle yeah we, we, we would have a good time and i'd be agreeable have you ever had his carrot cake we get to hang out play golf eat carrot go. cake and you know what that's hockey right now uncle randy is hockey right now <laughs> where a lot of baseball fans in america are saying i'm going over to uncle randy's house and i don't want to hang out with either one of my parents it's <laughs> a Great analogy, Michelle. Seriously, though, think I, about how many people yeah. are turned off by baseball oh, because of all of this totally. and who are saying, I am, I'm done with this. I don't want to pick a side. I'm, we're past the pick a side portion of the presentation. We are past the I'm on the owner side, I'm on the player side, and we have come to the impasse of I can't stand either one of you guys. I don't really even care if you have a season because it's not going to have those same fuzzy feelings that I need. No doubt. And if you are on the player's side, what you're saying is, okay, I signed a, I'm Mike Trout. I signed a contract for $37 million, which is X amount of dollars per game. And regardless of whether or not baseball is making that much, it's not my fault we had a pandemic and they can't get fans in the stands. I want what I sign for per game. And if you are on the owner's side, you're being, I would say, a little more rational rather than hard line and saying, okay, well, America is dealing with this at different levels. A lot of companies aren't making as much as they thought they would, whether it's because of loss of, well, it's always because of loss of customers. In radio, we don't have as many people that are spending money on the station, and our station had to make cuts. In a lot of businesses, there are people that have had to take pay cuts or be furloughed. In baseball, what the owners are saying is, 
we're losing our customer base. We're losing 40% of our revenue because our, our customers aren't going to be in the stands. And because of that, we we aren't looking at this as last year, the year before, the year before when we made a ton of money. We're looking at it in terms of this year, and we would like you to share in the losses as a product of the pandemic. Passing again. I have not seen the players coalesce around an idea of getting full 100% pay on their salary. As I haven't seen them coalesce around an idea like I have seen them do that right now. They want their full prorated salary. And under the terms of this deal, Major League Baseball is offering the same thing it did the first time around. 50% prorated pay, only there would be more money on top of that via playoff games, which would take them up to about 75%. It's not going to get done at this rate. And the question at this point is, what do the players counter with? Major League Baseball is hoping to have an answer back by Wednesday because every single day, Hannah, that there is not an answer is a day that we don't have baseball. And it's interesting to me that the owners are saying, oh, we want an answer by Wednesday. But at the beginning of this, they took their sweet time Mm -hmm. presenting things to the MLBPA. It's... They're definitely trying to strong arm the players in a lot of different ways, whether it's with the language, giving the same thing over and over, trying to push it on them for the the timeline, for their response. It's not a good look for the owners. And if you've noticed, a lot of the players are out there posting on social media photos of them playing with the terms, we want to play, we're ready to play. So it's just, it's this war of words in the court of public opinion. It's who's trying to make who look bad. It's, It's gross. The whole thing is gross. And ultimately, if you don't take a side and you just look at it rationally, the players are going to run out of money before the owners will. And the owners, you use the word strong arm, and I think that's very accurate. And the owners not only are strong strong arming the players, but they will until they win. And they'll win. Yeah, because the players are not going to get their 100% per game salaries that they want. As dug in as they can be, they aren't going to get that. And the owners have that collectively bargained hammer of saying, okay, you want your full salary? Sure, but it's only going to be over 48 games. (laughs) And players are going to be miserable, and there's a chance that I would think pride will take over and they'll play well. They'll play well, but I would think that as Dan really was, though, do you think? Yeah, but I, I think there's going to be guys that are going to a, a small injury is going to be turned into a big injury, and they just won't play. I don't even know if pride will take over or if they're going to show up and use it as another tool to well, prove their own point. Can you imagine Yadier Molina not giving his best or somebody on the Cardinals with Yadier Molina on the team not giving 100%? Yadi is a great example, but I don't think every player will approach us the same way Yadier Molina will. No, they, they won't, but... Yachty is one of those guys that will hold others accountable, I believe, on this team. Other teams, I would think that they don't have that guy or their best player isn't a guy where he's going to hold others accountable. Paul Goldschmidt is not a vocal guy. He's a really good player. But if Paul Goldschmidt is with the Diamondbacks still and somebody's dogging it, I don't think he's going to go up to him and say, come on, you got to be pick it up, play better. Well, we better hope that that's the mentality that Yachty's going to take. We know he's a very passionate guy. He's a guy I wouldn't want to cross. And it mm-hmm. seems like if he's the guy that's looking at the situation saying, okay, you want to play? You want to play this game? We'll wait till you see how the players approach it. If he sets the tone in that way, I think if if a guy like Yadi or Molina takes that stance, and I'm not Im- implying that he will, but 
you never know how the players are going to react to this. But I guess if the leaders of the team come out on any team and say, hey, let's show them they mess with the wrong ones. It's not going to be good. This is a situation where you wish Tony La Russa was managing in Major League Baseball right now. Because <laughs> you'd play. If, if, you were play, if you were on the field, you'd be playing hard. Well, and I think the players love Schilt. And they're going to... This is a good group here in St. Louis. And I can't imagine that they would want to come out and not give it their all. And, and or make their manager look badly. But it's a tough situation. Yeah. Because if they feel like they've been forced to play. Or if they're backed into a corner. What happens on the field might be their only recourse after that. Next up here on 101 ESPN. Baseball is trying to make you hate it. Well, why do you love it? What made you fall in love with baseball. Here in St. Louis, there are a million stories. And Michelle and I will give you ours. We want to hear from you with the Rhino Shield mic drop feature with the 101 ESPN app. That baby's free. Just download <laughs> it to your iPhone or Android device and use the mic drop feature or send us a text. Your comfort service text line is 65780. We want to hear from you. What made you fall in love with baseball and why do you love it now? That's next on 101 ESPN. Michelle, through the wonder and miracle that is BaseballReference.com, I'm able to nail down when I went to my first baseball game. And wow. I was nine. It was May 19th of 1972. And I remember it because Scipio Spinks started for the Cardinals against the Cubs. And in that year, the only game he started at home against the Cubs was May 19th. And the Cardinals won the game 4-3. to three. And my favorite player... I think it was probably just because I, I thought the name was cool. My favorite player was Joe Torre. And coming into that game, I thought, wow, cool, I get to see Joe Torre. And he had a great night. But a lot of games weren't on TV then, and I didn't get a chance to watch a lot of games. But, man, I see Ted Simmons step to the plate, and he's got the long hair at that time. The, the, the hair was up to, uh, well, you've seen the pictures of him. It's, it's to his lower back, and he had really long hair. And he's a switch hitter, and he's the number f- five hitter that night. Torrey hit fourth. And just watching, the, I, I think it was watching Ted Simmons' hair flow <laughs> that made me fall in love with baseball. And then just... We talk about the smell of the ballpark, right? We talked about that with Gary Gaetti. And that draws you in. Whatever ballpark in America, or I would assume in the world, you walk into, you love the smell of the ballpark. Mm-hmm. It's the, the hot dogs and the fries and the green grass. And the ambiance of a park just draws you in. And here's an amazing thing about that night. A 4-3 Cardinal win. Spinks started for the Cardinals. He pitched nine innings. Fergie Jenkins was the loser for the Cubs. He went all the way to a relief pitcher didn't pitch in the game. But I, I remember how cool it was to watch Scipio Spinks. He was he, that's another name that you just love, right? Yeah, of course. And uh, it, it drew me in. And ever since then, I have loved baseball. And a couple of years later, I literally spent an entire summer wearing a Brock Bur- Base Burglars 105 t-shirt, where we are right now, where we are broadcasting from, used to be a place called Omni Sports. And I would ride my bike up to Omni Sports pretty much every day. Mm-hmm. And one day, early in the 1974 baseball season, I bought a gray t-shirt with red lettering that said Brock's Base Burglars 105 Club. The old record of stolen bases in a season was held by Maury Wills. It was 104. So we were counting down until Lou Brock got to 105. And 
Here, I bought that shirt myself when I was 12 years old. I wore it every day during the summer. And that summer was when I really got engaged and paid attention to every single game the Cardinals played. And that's when Megamind was born. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Gosh, How about you? So many things that you said just resonated with me. So I had texted my dad during the commercial break because I don't remember my first game, but he, of course, does. He says, you were six, 1992. I taught you how to keep score. You got beaked by Fred Bird. You had an Aussie shirt on and you wore pigtails. Uh, isn't that awesome? But isn't that amazing that my dad would remember all those things oh, so vividly? That's something with your kid you never forget. When Do you remember taking your kids to their first games? Well, Patrick's first game was, actually, we went up to the booth. We've got I've got a picture of oh, him wow. up in the, the broadcast booth with me. And uh, Katie's first game was, uh, it, it was an, another day game. I used to, because my dad took me out of school during the day for day games. So I took the kids out of school and drove them down to a day game. And we sat in... in the box seats, and it was just a glorious early season game. It was fantastic. Doesn't that pain your heart, though, to think about that? When you said you love the ambiance of the ballpark, you love the, sm- the smell of the ballpark, I had said last week that I love the Cardinals like they're my own family because we have so many memories with the Cardinals. And when you talk about the smells and the sounds and the ambiance of Bush Stadium, when you walk in, in that place, it feels like home. Yep. It feels like a second version of your home. And especially when you've been as lucky as I have. I was an usher, and I've been um, in this business forever. So I know the ushers, and I know people are on the ballpark. And that's home, and those people are family. They are. And whether you go away to college or you move away, it doesn't matter how long... You're gone. When you come back to your parents' house, to your family house, it feels the same. It smells the same. It sounds the same. You just kind of breathe that, "Ah, I can relax. I'm at home. And no matter what day of the season it is, when you go to your first game at Bush Stadium, you get your hot dog, you sit in the stands, whatever your rituals are, you sit in that red seat and you go, or the green seat if you're lucky, and you go, (laughs) I'm home. Like, I'm at my baseball home. And whether it's the smell of the dirt or the Clydesdales, it brings brings back such personal emotions and the nostalgia of being there with your family or being there as a kid or seeing something amazing happen within that stadium, whether it was David Freeze or, or you know, like you were talking about your first game, whatever it is, it takes you back. And I think as St. Louisans, everyone has a story at Bush Stadium. Everyone has their, we met at Mutual, I went into the game, I didn't think this would happen, and then boom, that magic moment. Something We've been that, so lucky. Yeah, something that you never thought you'd see, you saw. A couple of texts from the 660. What made me fall in love with the game of baseball? Well, for starters, it's the simplicity of the game that I enjoy. Another thing that I have come to enjoy about the game is the inner chess match that goes on between the pitcher <laughs> and the hitter. That individual competition is awesome. Yes. That, that you just don't get in another, another team sport, do you? No, and you can talk about it as it's going on yeah. with whoever you're there with, and you can analyze it and question it in real time. So great. Let's uh, hear a mic drop. This is Nick with us on 101 ESPN. This is why I fell in love with baseball, guys. I remember being a little kid three, four years old, going over to my grandpa's house when my mom would work, and he would do nothing but have the Cardinal games on on his big old square TV where you could hardly even see the baseball and just look like people pretending to throw and hit stuff out there. Fell in love with the game and have watched it ever since. Absolutely love it. See, and that's, I hope that both sides appreciate 
that we do really have, truly have a love affair with the game. We do. And, you know, they say kids love structure. When you're a kid, you like the structure of waking up, having a routine, going to school, going to practice, having your games. For so many of us, baseball is part of that structure. It was part of our everyday lives for so long. When you're growing up, it's wake up, go to school, go to practice, do your homework, watch the Cardinals games or listen to the Cardinals games with your family. It's it's the background noise that narrates your life in a lot of ways and here in St. Louis. And, you know, we talked to Danny Mac yesterday. It doesn't feel right to be at my family dinner on a Sunday in June and not hear Danny Mac's voice being piped through the speakers. It's weird. Think about this from our friend Lisa in the 618. Oh, my God, Randy, I can hear my grandpa yelling at the TV. You dumb SOB. No picture slides headfirst into home plate. (laughs) I I posted a picture of this on Instagram once, but one of the great joys in my life is my dad loves peanuts at at the at the ballpark. Loves the ones in the shells, and he cracks them with his hands very aggressively. And there's just debris all around his feet. There's just shrapnel everywhere. And he is Italian, so he gets very passionate. And watching my dad crack peanuts with his hands and yell, "Oh, for God's sake!" at the Cardinals is one of the great joys in my life. It really is. (laughs) That passion is what makes the sport so great. Let's hear from Dylan with a mic drop. When I fell in love with baseball, it was game seven, 2006 NLCS Cardinals and Mets. I was 10 years old and I see nothing like it. That catch but the left fielder made of the Mets against Scott Rowland and then Yachty's home run in the ninth and I thought it was the coolest thing I've ever seen and I've never looked back. It's very cool. I also love baseball, especially here in St. Louis, because I think it's the first time as a kid that I got the concept of something being so much bigger than me. That when you go into that stadium, you look around and there are tens of thousands of people that don't look like you and that you don't know and you're all there for one singular reason. And it's to wear the same laundry and to cheer on your city and to cheer on the players. But it really is representative of who you are in so many different ways. And it's amazing that you could be so different than someone else and it's also representative of who they are. And the Cardinals have been such a crown jewel franchise and such a great organization for so long that it, it always felt if you were wearing a Cardinal shirt, like, yeah, I'm part, I'm part of this squad. I'm, I'm yeah. proud to wear this shirt, and I'm proud to represent St. Louis. We have a couple of more texts from you. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service text line, and we do appreciate you getting in touch with us. Uh, Andujar beating Gooden one nothing. It was a businessman special, and my friend and I took off work and sat right behind the Cardinals' dugout. I'll never forget it, my first game. That from the 314. And those are the little things. Not little, because it is your first game, but you remember the significance of Andujar beating Gooden, and that's a massive pitching pairing, all right? The Cardinals, at the time, I would assume Joaquin was probably the best, and Gooden had been a rookie of the year, and that's the sort of thing that you never forget. And here's one from the 314, and we talk about how family fits into this. My dad took my brother and me to Old Sportsman's Park, hooked forever. Hooked forever. Yeah, and those are the things that that do it, that get you hooked forever. It's pretty cool. Idea, Randy. Should we print all of these texts out and then just mail them to Major League Baseball? That's a great idea. Say, hey, this is what you're, this is what you're re- willing to risk, is people that have loved you forever, people that have made you a part of their lives, people that have invested in you financially, emotionally, mm-hmm. with their time, their energy, and you're willing to squabble 
and let your egos and money get away of the love and loyalty of all of these millions of people that have had your back for decades? Yeah, and they're totally invested, whether it's emotionally, financially, right now, as we sit here on July, June 9th. Is it June? still June? Yeah, yes, July June 4th 9th. and 3rd. Yeah. Uh, June 9th, 2020. <laughs> I, had to, I had to check. I had no idea. <laughs> See, baseball would help me with that. It really would. Randy, I saw next week is Flag Day, and I yeah. thought, that is Randy Carricker's barometer on yeah, if the Cardinals. This is when we judge the Cardinals is on Flag Day. And right. It really made me sad. What is the personality of the team? And we have one other text. Somebody wants to know from the uh, 314, have the Cardinals ever had a number one overall pick play for them? And that guy was actually on our station yesterday. Andy Bennis was the first overall pick by the Padres. And that was in 1988, I believe. Let me double check here. Uh, Yep, 1988 by the Padres. Always wanted to play for the Cardinals. Came here as a free agent for the 1996 season here in 96-97. Scott Boris didn't help him in trying to stay, so he left for Arizona for 98 and 99, then came back in 2000. So, yes, the Cardinals have. Coming up, speaking of the number one overall pick, we'll have one tomorrow. Our buddy Greg Amzinger of MLB Network is going to join us, talk about the summer of 1998, about the draft, about whether or not he thinks ball is going to be played this year. Our buddy Greg is next on 101 ESPN. Now it's time for Long Gone Summer on 101 ESPN. Brought to you by Tracy Bibb and Allstate Insurance. Text QUOTE to 65780 to see how you can save. I can tell you, without even speaking to Greg Amzinger this morning or about baseball coming back within the last uh, couple of weeks, that... His summer so far has been ruined. As much as Greg likes golf and being around mm-hmm. the kids, there, there is a, a passion for baseball in Greg's life, and there's something missing, I'm sure, from his heart right now. And Greg is with us on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line on 101 ESPN. Mr. Amzinger, it's great to hear your voice. How are you doing today? I feel like this is a therapy session. Uh, yes, I am sad, Randy. And is there a couch I can lay on? Because I, I, I need one. This is not normal, and I want it to end immediately. Greg, welcome to the therapy circle here. This is a trust tree. Uh, Randy and I just spent the entire last segment talking about when we first fell in love with baseball and why we love baseball so much. So the floor is yours. Let those emotions out. Do you remember when you first fell in love with baseball? Tom Needing Cure was on the mound. It's 1985 um, in South St. Louis, small little brick house. All of my relatives are crammed into one room. I'm watching the TV set. I'm sitting crisscross applesauce in front of it with all my cousins. And my grandfather didn't like listening to the broadcast, so he listened to the radio broadcast. So we're listening to Jack Buck, and there's a huge delay. Well, when you're six years old, you don't know what a delay is. I wasn't even listening to the broadcast. I'm talking to my cousins. All of a sudden, all of these adults stand up and scream, and they're losing their mind, and the pitch hasn't even been thrown yet. And I'm going, what in the world is wrong with these people? And then Ozzy Smith corks one down the line, and everyone goes crazy, but everyone already went crazy in my house before he did that. I didn't understand why people watch games like that, but that was the magic of Jack Buck. Seeing that much happiness be created through a swing and the contact of bat and ball and to watch the frenzy that ensued, ah, man, I fell in love. That was the day I was like, I'm going to start buying baseball cards. I'm going to start collecting this stuff. I want to know everything about all these players. And I became obsessed. It was all in that one moment in 1985. Ozzie Smith 
sending the folks of St. Louis into a frenzy. Doesn't get any better than that. And you've been front row for so many moments now. Since then, with all of the opportunities you've had to be at All-Star Games and World Series and big games, what's your favorite moment that you've been at since then? Well, my favorite moment would have to be right before the final out in 2011. And you have to understand, you know, I've been at MLB Network since it started in 2009. So it's the best World Series that I'd ever seen. Everyone always goes to Game 6 for obvious reasons. Absolutely. But the Cardinals are about to win the World Series. We have our entire production staff in the tunnel of Bush Stadium ready to go out the uh, right field wall and start setting up for our post-game show. And here I am standing there. I'm 30 years old, 31 I'm standing looking up at this little tiny television that's in the tunnel. And, Rainium, you've been there a million times. You know, there's like, on top of like a, a refrigerator somewhere where, where staff and crew can get a drink, there's this little tiny TV. And someone snapped a picture of me watching the final out. I had no idea who was next to me, but everyone thought it was hilarious. I was so fixated on looking at the final out. When I saw the final out, I turned and I hugged the person that was watching it with me, like right next to me. And that person was Fred Bird. (laughs) 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 So then we go out onto the field and we're about to go live and and they're all celebrating on the field. Here I am in St. Louis, my hometown, and... Here comes Tony LaRusso up on the set. Here comes Albert Pools up on the set. They're counting us down from 10. We're about to go live. We've got the last moments in a Cardinal uniform for Albert Pools and Tony LaRusso. And I got to tell you, I thought about it at the time. I'm not just saying that now as a Monday morning quarterback. I thought about it at the time that this would probably be it for both guys. And I, I, I looked over, and Albert and Tony are distracted. They're up there waiting with a microphone. And it's me, Harold Reynolds, Kevin Millar, and Al Leiter. And I look at the guys. And I go, fellas, I know this is another World Series show to you, but this is one of the top five moments of my life, and you're all a part of it. So that was, no doubt, the best moment since then. And no pressure, Greg, to put on an amazing show. (laughs) (laughs) Can I give you one other little side note there? So they threw to me live, and they're like, Greg, take it away from our studio. I literally, this is so cheap, so bad, but I, so Greg, I kind of paused. I just, I, I, I sat up and I put my arms out and I counted for like two seconds and then I started talking because I wanted a really nice screen grab so I could put that moment into a frame, which I have in my sports bar in my basement. How hilarious is that? That's awesome. That is amazing. I can't believe you had uh, the foresight in that moment to even realize that because I think I would have been so overcome with emotion. But speaking, yeah. of, speaking of emotion, Greg, now that we've really just laid it all bare about how much we love baseball, what do you think? Are we going to get any this year? Yeah, because at the end of the day, as much as the owners and the players talk about money, they love baseball as much as we do, if not more. And they don't want it to go away. This is all part of the dance of negotiations. I've never been in a labor negotiation. I've never been in a situation that's as unique as this with a professional sport. But, you know, in in my line of work, we have agents and we have negotiations. And sometimes they get rough. And I'm only speaking from what I know. Usually when both parties want to work together at the end of the day, like, yeah, I don't want to leave MLB Network, and MLB Network doesn't want me to leave, as bad as the negotiation can get, 
and as much leverage gets thrown around, at the end of the day, something gets worked out. And if you have a lot of leverage on your side over your employer, if you do, it usually goes to the 11th hour. And in this case, the players have a lot of leverage. So this is going to go all the way to the end. What's the outcome that remains to be seen? Uh, I do believe that you're going to continue to see the owners slide more chips to the middle of the table. And the players, I don't think, are going to get exactly what they want, but it's going to be enough. It's going to be enough to make sure that we play because even these young players who who are 23, 24 years old and, and they sign club-friendly deals and they want their $7 million because it's a lot of money, even they understand what the country needs right now. Even they understand the importance of this sport coming back during some of the worst three months we've experienced in our lifetime. So I, I think at the end of the day, I'm glad you guys started this segment talking about when you fell in love with baseball because it's that love for this game that will bring this sport back onto the field. Greg Amzinger, MLB Network, with us on 101 ESPN, and he will be hosting the MLB Draft on MLB Network. This will be a strange one, won't it? And I guess the first round even will be strange. You put so much into it, but we don't know as much about the players that are going to be selected because they didn't get a chance to play due to COVID-19. Yeah, stranger because I'm going to have a beard and a slick back. So that really throws it out of whack. It'd be it a very want- I, I've yeah. seen it and it looks good. I like it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I try to keep it groomed. But yeah, look, I always thought that if you don't play a senior high school baseball season, then you're not going to get seen. But from what my friends, Jim Callis of MLB Pipeline, Carlos Colazzo of Baseball America, tell me, um, if you're a junior and you wrapped up your junior year, and as long as you've got that summer, uh, to kind of like before your junior year to, to showcase what you got, you're good. So the class that this is really going to affect is next year's high school class, not this class as much. They've got a ton of info on these kids through all the summer showcase circuits before their junior season took place, and, and, and they feel comfortable making these picks. There's one guy that I think could land in St. Louis, and I know it sounds crazy. His name is Nick Bitsko, B-I-T-S-K-O, uh, kid from Central Bucktees High School in Pennsylvania. The kid is a stud. He is an absolute physical specimen, and he might be around when the Cardinals are picking in the first round at number 21. What's fascinating about him is he's only played two years of high school baseball. This kid was so good, he was throwing 98 miles an hour that he reclassified. He's a junior. He's a class of 2021 kid. He, he found out he's not going to have any high school baseball as a junior. And like, you know what? I'm such a stud. I don't even need high school baseball anymore. So he reclassified, and this is a kid that's going to be in the first round, signed for millions of dollars, and he played two years of high school baseball. Isn't that amazing? Wow. Wow. <laughs> that's phenomenal. Well, Greg, we started this interview sharing some memories, so let's end it in the same vein. Long gone summer debuts this weekend. Randy and I have been counting down the days until we get to relive the McGuire-Sosa home run chase of 98. So take us back. What's your most vivid memory from that time? Uh, well, it's an embarrassing one looking back, but I think you have to take the cheating out of it. If you just take the cheating out of it, which I'm going to assume they do a little bit on ESPN just to get this to be the feel-good story, it was at the time. Um, my favorite story is the night he broke the record. And night game, Bush Stadium, I'm in college, freshman in college, and me and all my friends drive to Bush Stadium. We don't have the money to actually pay for a ticket on a big marquee night like that. But as you all know, after the seventh inning, bottom of the seventh inning, they open up the gates. So we were able to sneak in with plastic cups. When the game was over, I would scoop, I scooped dirt up. 
because <laughs> I wanted That's dirt great. from the field. <laughs> I still have dirt from the field. And my kids look at me and they're like, Dad, what in the world is this? Because I've got all this different sports memorabilia. And I go, well, it was a really good idea at the time. Trust me, if, if he didn't do steroids, that dirt would be worth something. But <laughs> I don't think they were buying it. That was how much we were obsessed over it. And what was great was you had two you know, very different-looking acting superstars in a, a, who played within a, a heated rivalry. And you guys will agree, it really actually brought the Cubs and the Cardinals closer than anything ever in, in that rivalry's history. As much as we were rooting for our guy and the Cubs were rooting for their guy, uh, to see the two of them embrace each other as much as they did was, was a, a, a wonderful sportsman-like example that we want our kids to kind of follow. Great sportsmanship, other than the fact that they were cheating. <laughs> other than that, it was great sportsmanship. Greg Amsinger, looking forward to seeing you on the draft, and I want to have you talking about Major League Baseball again on MLB Network. I'm, I'm, I'm geared for watching MLB tonight at some point during the summer. It's going to happen. A uh, week and a half, we'll be celebrating. I was on the phone yesterday with my friend Joe Girardi, and he's fully expecting uh, the abbreviated spring training to happen in the home ballpark. So he is getting ready. He's driving up to New York. He's going to be in Philadelphia for the spring training. So he, he's got a sense of what's going on, and I think it, it's looking good. I think as bad as the reports sound, just close your eyes to it. It's going to get done a week and a half away. Spring training should get started. Love it. You're the man. I appreciate you taking the time, and we'll We'll see you soon. All right, guys. Have a great day. You too, Greg. Thanks. That is the great Greg Amsinger, MLB Network on 101 ESPN. Isn't he great? Talking to Greg, sharing those memories, the past two segments, we need baseball, Randy. We, really we need do. it. We need more fun stories rather than talking about players versus owners. We need Cardinals versus Cubs. I would rather talk about the, the Cardinals stagnant offense again I than too. I would talking about these negotiations. <laughs> Next up, we've got Take It or Leave It. Colin Surrey will have your Take It or Leave It questions on 101 ESPN. Take it or leave it. Give us your feedback now by texting 65780. It's Take It or Leave It with Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN. All right, we appreciate your text to the Air Comfort Service text line 65780 for Take It or Leave It. Michelle and I will answer the questions from Colin. What do you have? The CDC says that 39% of Americans who took its survey reportedly misused household cleaners by using them on their fruits and vegetables in, an, in the attempt to prevent the spread of COVID-19. Randy, Michelle, people should stop drinking bleach. Take it or leave it. I'm going to leave that. I knew you were going to leave it. I knew it. Yeah. It's, I just think that uh, it's, it, it, in some cases, it's best for America. Randy! You know what? I'm going to leave it as well and just simply say Darwinism. <laughs> there you go. That's all you have to say. <laughs> It was reported by TMZ earlier this week that Joe Exotic believes he only has two to three months left to live in prison oh. and that he needs immediate help with from President Trump, Cardi B, or <laughs> Kim Kardashian to help get him out of jail. Joe Exotic deserves to be pardoned. Take it or leave it. 
I, I'm going to take it, and I think Cardi B is the one that needs to. I like it like that. Uh, I think she's the one that needs to get this thing going. Because she's got that money, Randy. Yeah. I mean, we could really just <laughs> keep that one going. You know, I'm going to leave it. Well, that is sad that Joe Exotic says he only has two to three months left to live in prison. Joe Exotic is also a very notorious and pathological liar. So how am I supposed to believe that he's not just lying, saying he has two to three months left to live in order to gain sympathy from everyone that watched Tiger King to get him out of jail, and maybe he will then try and enact revenge again on Carol Baskin, especially because she has a zoo now. That's a really good point. I think that's something to be wary of. You know, if Joe Exotic tells you something and you believe him, that's kind of on you, right? Yeah, I I would say so. What do they say, Randy? When someone shows you who they are, believe them? That's... It doesn't get any simpler than that, Yeah, Joe Exotic has shown us who he is, and he's a dangerous person, so I believe him. I wonder if he would uh, try to get in touch with, like, the president or Kim or Cardi. Would it be through your phone? I'd try that. (laughs) And then would it ring? Tough to say. Tough to say there, Randy. (laughs) Uh, And by the way, I love that trio of people, that those are the three people that he thought, hey, I'm going to publicly declare I need help from these three people. Kim K, Cardi, Trump. (laughs) <laughs> That's a group you'd figure to be together. It's a lot of power in that group. It is, yeah. All right, what a trio right there. Right? This one from the 618 on the Air Comfort Service text line. Do you think the shortened season will help Nolan Arenado wind up in a Cardinal uniform before the 2021 season? No, I do not. I'm going to leave it, and here's why. Because... The Rockies are seeing the overall value of this contract diminish day by day. They're already not going to have to pay him for at least half of this season, right? And they they can look ahead to a work stoppage and say, our overall outlay to Arenado won't be what we thought it was going to be. So, to heck with him, we aren't going to trade him. I don't think that that's, that does benefit the Cardinals. And by the way, I also think that with the possibility of a work stoppage in 2022, the Cardinals might, might be more reluctant to go out and get that guy because they figure that after 2022, Nolan Gorman's going to be ready. All great points. I, however, am going to take it because I think if Nolan Arenado was already vocal about how unhappy he was in Colorado and how he wanted out and he's been dreaming sweet dreams of hitting home runs at Bush Stadium in a Cardinals uniform with the birds on the bat, this entire quarantine, we've talked about the vivid dreams people are having in quarantine. Imagine Nolan Arenado dreaming of St. Louis for months during this tough time. And then he realizes, wow, my career might be cut shorter i've already lost this much time i only have a couple years left to maybe secure a championship i need to get somewhere where i think it's going to happen agents rockies make it happen a german soccer player missed a penalty kick in a game earlier this week in a game that ended up as a one-to-one draw his excuse for missing the pk a lack of crowd noise in the stadium Empty stadiums will become the new popular reason for losses once sports are back in America. Take it or leave it. I'll totally take it. Got to blame it on something. Yeah, you can't blame it on yourself. You can't say, I'm not good enough. You have to blame it on the crowd noise. Or the lack of crowd noise, I should say. Thank you, Colin.
Thank you. And thank you very much for your text to the Air Comfort Service text line 65780. Next up, our fresh take of the day on 101 ESPN. That was the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN.